What's going on, Radio Free Savant listeners, and welcome to episode 124 of the Radio Free Savant podcast, a wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Gonna say what's going on, Derek. Hey, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> we also got powerful Scott. Gonna say what's going on, Scott. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And of course, Ryan Kimmel. Ho ho ho! I have a machine gun. Right. Is that how that? <laughs> is that was that is that like a part of that old commentary? I've never watched that movie. You've never, You've seen, never Die seen Die Hard? Hard? Oh, that's from Die Hard. Oh, I was thinking about yeah, the, it's the, where the it's where he sends the guy down in the elevator that he uh what's the dude's bro what's the blonde guy's name the it's his brother oh it's like Gunther or something yeah but uh some German name yeah. uh so they he kills his brother his little brother and he he puts that shirt on him and he writes ho 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 i have a machine gun on his shirt and sends okay. him down in the elevator <laughs> okay what a classic i need to rewatch it i think the last time i saw it when i was like 12 i best. haven't seen i haven't seen Mine that was from home alone merry christmas you filthy animals is from home alone. but yeah. that's from like an original movie something with filthy souls right something it's like that. Ga- it's that gangster movie yeah i don't know Bullshit, but I actually watched the uh, like we're going way the fuck off topic right here, but uh, I watched the behind the scenes of Home Alone two, no Home Alone, the behind the scenes of Home Alone. I got the uh, the voodoo like two pack, and it came with all their like all the extra scenes and all that jazz, and pretty much there was this whole section of there where it was uh um troy's the guy's name who is the stunt man for pesci and like basically like the entire time they're like yeah all those stunts are real like we actually like we had to fall on our backs we like slid downstairs uh whenever he was throwing the paint cans we were like how could this make how could we make this look more realistic and so we tried to get as close as possible as we could to them. And he goes, and we got nicked a few times and the paint cans had to be full because we had to make it. They had to like swing appropriately. Like there's so many real stunts in a, uh, in home alone. Did Harry really get electrocuted by that fucking washing machine in the second one? Uh, no, he didn't. That yeah. wasn't real. But like, you know, the scenes where like they walk over those matchbox cars and they fall like straight on their back, like as hard as possible. Yeah, I've, I've recreated that about a million times. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> like they legitimately fell on their backs, like as hard as like you. They that appeared. That's dedication. Yeah. He's uh going to go look in the door, and he falls off the stairs down to the like the sidewalk. That wasn't supposed to happen. But they kept it in. <laughs> they kept it in, nice. and he legitimately like busted his ass like as hard. That Troy guy, Classic. man, it's a. <laughs> uh... And now everything's all animated, digital <laughs> effects. Nobody's gonna bust their ass anymore. This is a time Everybody when the stuntman was a real man. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stupid CTE and all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, for real. And those guys probably made like. 80 bucks a day. <laughs> like, nothing. <laughs> Get beat up all day. Yeah. But it was cool, man. It was a cool little thing. I like, I like that. Home Alone is my Christmas movie for sure. Well, my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas movie to watch. 
But anyway, that's not why we're here. Welcome to Ready for Instant Fan, guys. We got a good episode for you today. Uh, we're going to go over some of our hobby progress. We got a whole bunch of stuff to let you guys into our lives with. Like, we've been uh, changing our lifestyles, I would say, is a good, like, Whoa. Our, our view Are on, you coming uh, out right now? Yeah, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> we have I not mean, been changing. It's almost now. 2019. Nobody's going to care. But we I mean, so just it. let it let it out. Like we're we're not gonna treat you any different. But uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, so no, I'm not coming out. But uh, we did definitely. Ryan is embracing technology in a way that I never thought Ryan would be able to, and it's a, uh, you know, it's an eye opener. You know, I think I think really brought us closer to that 2020 year that I was so sure that 3d printing was going to overtake the world and the toy industry watching Ryan grow in his 3d printing experience really like in his yep. journey. Is it ridiculous that I'm looking up CAD classes at Ivy tech to like literally legitimately go back to college to take CAD? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. I would say <laughs> so you could add a vent to a battle tech arm. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I wish I hadn't fucked off so much in high school and just paid attention when this shit was free. Like they, we didn't have anything like that in high school. They were like, "Here's some wood blocks, make a fucking oh, like shitty finished. car out of it, and wood yeah. shop." That's about the closest we had to CAD. Here's some wood blocks. Put them in the right holes. <laughs> Don't worry, the shapes yeah. will match up. Then the that there's a, a fucking kid that cut his fingers off in class, and they. He passed out. He looks down, sees his fingers cut off, passes out. So the teacher ran over and scooped him up and threw him in the fucking rolling chair and then just threw his fingers in his lap and was like screaming and rolling him down the hallway. Like, <laughs> help! Like rolling him through the school. Just running down the hallway. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Kids just passed out, doesn't know, like just totally asleep in this chair with fingers in his lap, just fucking getting slung around hallways in a rolling chair, banging against the wall when they go around a corner. <laughs> what a what a shitty response to like like that 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 cannot be an evolutionary trait, right? Passing out when like shit happens to you. That seems like a yeah, really your, bad thing your to happen. Ancestors were soft as fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, my fingers are pat- my fingers are cut off. Better go to sleep. Better hope this works itself out. Yeah. <laughs> we had a friend that would do that with uh, snakes. He'd have like such a panic attack if he saw a snake, he'd pass out. And uh, we were we were on a construction job site one time. We were like walking. It was next to Scott. No, well, no, you, none of you guys are from this area. There's this road. It's a pretty major road called Dan Jones Road. It runs through Avon. It's where Avon High School's at. And we were walking. It's a two-lane major road, like, you know, north and southbound traffic. And there's a big grass strip on the side where they have, like, the drainage ditch. You know what I'm talking about? It's, like, six foot wide before it gets into actual people's property. And we were walking there, um, just doing, like, a, like walking with our boss, like, kind of talking over what we are going to do for the job. And we go, he or this guy's name was Jesse, and he was kind of in the back. And Tony's like, hey, Jesse, what do you think about putting a hydrant here or whatever? Because he, like, ran the water crew. And he's like, Jesse! We don't, and we look back, and he's like a hundred foot behind us, just fucking passed out in the grass. And we're like, "What the fuck?" So we go running back there, and um, like slap him around and wake him up. And there was a dead snake they'd bush hogged, 
and killed a snake and it was there. And when he was walking, he looked down and saw that snake and he thought it was alive. And he just immediately passed out right there on the side of the road. Just fucking went to sleep because he saw a snake. Like one of those fainting goats. Genetic memory, man. (laughs) He's like five-time great-grandfather got got by fucking... Yeah. Some Some type of fucking African viper or some shit. Why would you pass out, though? Like, what? I don't know. That can't... That can't be... Alpha, like yeah, by, by all <laughs> by all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Oh, this is the most dangerous thing I have. Flight mode in out. <laughs> fight or flight? I'll take other. Uh, yeah, exactly. You either gonna fight or flight? Give me, give me neither. I'll sleep. Sleeping sounds like good. I'm just gonna pass the fuck out. Wish me luck, guys. Hope this works out. <laughs> and then every other predator's like, oh shit, <laughs> this guy's asleep. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's not scared at all. We're going to leave. <laughs> I don't want to mess with this guy. He's crazy as hell. Yeah. There's three tigers around. And he's just sleeping. I don't think he cares. He knows something we don't know. We better leave him alone. <laughs> That's probably how they found out that uh, that grizzlies, like, you're supposed to play dead. Some dude probably saw a grizzly, passed the fuck out, and they're like, holy shit, just leaving him alone? Like, it's like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Tell everybody. One guy passes out, his two friends run. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a. I've always I always wondered... just thought the the lay down and play dead thing for the bear was was like it's like only people who are in the know tell other people that way, so that people do that and then they can run and get away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you spread that rumor enough, but there's like a an inner circle of people who know the truth. Like those inner circle those inner circle people, as long as they're with someone else, can always get away because they spread the rumor that you just play dead when you see a bear, but they know the truth. They're always protected from the bear. Some like some ridiculously like good guide back in the day was just like, well, I'll guide you through these uh these woods and uh, on the on the low he would tell people to play dead and then he'd just go pick up all their coins. Yeah, just pick it out of the bear shape. I must, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good to go. <laughs> People passing out. That's good stuff. So, that was like a double tangent. Yeah, it was good. It was a good time. So, but yeah, we got some hobby progress we're going to go over. We do have some emails that we need to look into. And that's going to be it. Who wants to start on hobby progress? Get mine out of the way. It's pretty short. Okay, okay. good. Why don't you tell us where you've been as uh, well? Mostly working. Uh, so the past few times I've been gone, or the first few times I was gone, is just because work had my schedule all fucked up. So... Every time we came to record, I ended up closing, and I just couldn't make it. Uh, and then after that, I've just been so tired with all the holiday shenanigans going on with work. Uh, not a great time to be working retail, come to find out. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, pretty much just, well, I can record, but I don't have much for hobby progress, and I'd rather just sleep <laughs> right now. So Here, all right. Yeah. Been like actively watching some of my stuff just disintegrate, which was not fun. Like my fire raptor was just sitting on my desk. Like I haven't touched it in a while, and I don't know if it's just the temperature change is like fucking with the glue or something. But uh, where I mounted one of the magnets so that the wing can come off off and on, uh, that like it's split or something. Like I haven't moved it at all, so it, it didn't like break, but it just looked like it just fell off. I'm like, well, fuck. 
You uh, pour fire after. Try to put the that magnet. sounds just like buddies fucking with you. Do you ever have friends? Like we were talking about this today at work. Like guys at the power plant think it's funny. Like when somebody buys a new truck and they'll go get like a quart of oil from the store and like put oil underneath the truck while they're doing something <laughs> and then point it out to them. Like, man, your truck's leaking oil. Isn't that thing new? And they're like, what the fuck? And they'll they'll do that for like a month before they figure out that it's people pouring oil under their truck, <laughs> like stuff like I that. Mean, I mean, that'd be I'd be more impressed than anything because they'd be like sneaking in my parents' house and like getting upstairs <laughs> without me finding out and shit. Just tell your dad just to like oh, snap a piece off my fire after. No, it's cool. It's it's a long con. I'm fucking with Derek. Your dad'd be like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> But yeah, I've been trying to figure out my living situation too. Uh, got insurance secured for next year. That's pretty cool. Didn't think I was gonna get that done. Insurance? Yeah. Oh, cool. So you can get sick now without you know dying. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> sweet. That's pretty neat. But yeah, that's that's been what I was doing. But uh, back now, better, feeling better. Ready for a good time. Ready to get back to it. Learn BattleTech, I guess. Yeah, that's what we're doing now, right? BattleTech. Yeah, we're doing everything, yeah. man. Michael, you got dust going on playing BattleTech. We still play Heresy, maybe. Offered Derek dudes, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Offered Derek like three hundred dollars worth of uh, dust stuff yesterday, and it was very hard. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, just go and take it. It's IJN. It's plenty of it. <laughs> just go. <ahead. laughs> it's all in that box right there. It's all packed up already. You like World War Two shit? You care? That's- all about that cool. is that yeah, yeah. no I've, I've checked out dust we that was like michael got into it at that adepticon and played some test games it's pretty cool pretty fun derek bought mercenaries at the same time that i bought russians yeah oh, okay and then i had an extra set of mercenaries that i gave derek it was just like a box yeah it was like a box like flamethrower chica yeah it's all good so we'll get them in we'll, we'll make it happen we're gonna get you, and then we uh we just like I I was telling Ryan that I was playing uh kill team this weekend, and I went into Legacy, and I was just chatting up buddy, and turns around buddy just tells me how he plays BattleTech, and of course he has everything for BattleTech, and he's just one of them hidden people. That You're right, dude. There's way more of those people than anyone realizes. Like I told Michael, Battletech is way like people. There are shitloads of people that know how to play Battletech. I would not at all be surprised if more people in the United States own Battletech models than they own Games Workshop models in the U.S. Yeah, I believe that. I uh, I have been playing that Battletech game. And that's kind of what sparked that conversation. And the Derek, video you, game. Yeah, the video game. Derek watched me play it yesterday. And if it's if the actual board game is anything like that video game, I'm fucking in. That game is it's, so much fun. It's like seventy five percent. Like it's it's yeah. basically the same thing. It just like we're like when you click, hey, I'm firing here, it, the video game obviously factors in all the modifiers and then tells you if you hit or didn't, what locations you hit and what damage you did. The board game is basically exactly like that, just with dice. Damn. I need it to tell me. (laughs) Because, like, I I fucking... I move my, like, dude in, like, eight different spots before I actually move it. I'm like, that's a 60% chance, but if I move him here, there's a 45% chance. There's none of that in the board game. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just need that computer. I need one of those like Google Glass things that can like <laughs> process all that for me. But anyway, who else wants to go into hobby progress? I will because I'm quick. So I've painted a lot of shit, you know, like always. Um, I have a thing where I like, I have a compulsion. This is just part of my day. I get to sit down here in my fucking dungeon and paint. So if I don't have anything, I get very, very antsy and anxious and I can't be left to my own devices. So I fucking took on a commission from powerful Chris Duncan. I've been painting that. It, what it is, it's, it's like a Battletech faction that's called the Arcab Legion. And they're like, a, it's a really cool concept. They're like Islamic, you know, a state. This sounds a lot like a space ISIS, but I, that's not what <laughs> it's it not. It's not. They're not like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. imagine like the Persian Empire in space. And they are, you know, kind of their own thing. And they have a really cool paint scheme and stuff. So I'm painting that up. And I get they're least right. they're loosely part of the Draconis Combine. What happened right. was when the Draconis Combine originally expanded out, they took over the worlds that the people for like when the people from Earth spread out, the people of uh, Islamic background settled on these one worlds, and those ended up within the Draconis Combine. Well, the Combine doesn't like they have like a state religion and a state-run media and all this stuff, so they kind of like butted heads with the Arcab guys and kind of fought it out, and at some point, they just got sick of fighting them on it, so they just said, look, you're still part of the Combine, but we're going to give you, like, rulership of these five worlds and basically just let you do what you want, And you, but you have to raise an art, like a, a unit, like a regiment or whatever, on each of these five worlds of mechs, and we get to dictate what three of them do at all times, and then you can keep two at home for self-defense or whatever, and so they're part of the Combine, but they're also kind of do their own thing. Yeah, they got a really cool backstory, and one of their things is they'll they have a lot of Arabic like calligraphy written on the fucking on their armor and stuff. And I've been trying to practice to learn how to do that, and I'm a fucking stupid hillbilly, and I can't write English very well. So this is a really really difficult challenge trying to write a language that's been around for I don't know four thousand years longer than English has. So. <laughs> but uh. But it's a lot of fun, man. I think it's really cool, and I'm working on that. And I I continually buy shit and have shit coming in. Like, I have all the terrain coming in for the third table for um for Her- War Games Camp for our uh, Battletech thing we're putting on. I have a – I got my Tundra mat from Frontline Gaming in. That looks really cool. Very, very detailed. Um, Demonscape is mailing my trees. I have – a shitload of mechs I got from my Secret Santa thing coming from uh, the motherland, Russia. And then um, I order my own stuff because, you know, I just can't stop. I just can't <laughs> stop. But, uh, Scott's like, you got any more of that uh, Bowsack miniatures? Yeah, bro. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you put just a bucket of them in front of me and, like, I'll sell you, you know, five bucks pop, whatever you want, I'm, I'm going to buy, like, several hundred dollars worth. <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's going really well. For the first time, I'm I'm adding these little helicopters to my army, and it's kind of cool. You know, it's a it's a break away from the big robots and tanks that I'm used to painting. You get to add these little helicopters, so it adds kind of a. Let's look like hawk moths. Is that what they are? Hawk moth gunships. 
Yeah, these things are called Donars. And it's oh, like, Donars. Yo, bro, I heard you like rotors. So we put some rotors on your rotors so you could rotor while you rotor. Like, <laughs> it's got fucking three sets of rotors. So it's definitely uh, got a lot of thrust there. But they all look really cool. And having fun with that, man. Hell yeah. Watch you, Ryan. What you been working on? Oh, dude, so much. Yeah, so you guys have a lot to talk about. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll save the 3D printing stuff for the end. So I was just showing Scott beforehand. I got some Stratos Minis uh, mechs in. I'm gonna convert. There's this mech called a Scarabus that the model for frankly sucks. I don't like it. So I got on Stratos and picked out a couple mechs that I like parts of that I think I can splice apart and build two good Scarabus out of. So that's kind of a project I'm going to work on. I've also been painting more of my little six millimeter mechs. I think I painted three new ones. Um, I drove down. We didn't talk about this on the last. Yeah, because we didn't record. I drove down to Louisville and played uh, with Scott and Eric. We didn't talk about it on the last show, did we? Or did no, we? No, I don't think we did. Uh, we posted some picks up. But uh, when I went down, I just finished two mechs. And I'd sprayed them because I wanted to take them. I sprayed them with dull coat and was like, ah, I'll give them 20 minutes so they're not tacky and I'll throw them in the thing and forgot them. Like I got halfway to Scott's and was like, ah, fuck. Classic. But, yeah. <laughs> Set them in the other room to dry. Totally spaced it. So I didn't get to try them out. Um, but I Throw painted some of those. Uh, I just today ordered like 300 and some bucks worth of uh, dust premium stuff. I'm missing... One unit, and I'll have, like, all of my Axis stuff that I want. Like, I'm, like, at that part. Well, I want, you know those little Herman walkers that they don't really make anymore? Yes. I have the one laser. I yeah, need those two guys. of them. Fuck. Yes. I need two of those in Babylon pattern, but they don't, they've never made them. Is that a thing they're going to do at some point? Uh, probably. They'll probably repackage all the old Fantasy Flight stuff here pretty soon. Is what, uh, is what I'm hearing. Okay. Well, I need two streets. of those. I need two of those in Babylon, and then I need to paint the big cannons that you gave me at Heresy Camp in Babylon pattern. Yep. Yep. Um, but, and then I need one unit of Falsham Jaeger, a uh, anti tank squad, which fuck, can't find anywhere. I need it in premium, and I literally like. I've been since I've started playing Dust from the day I bought my first models until now, they've not been available, which is driving me insane. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I need this one unit of fucking infantry and these two little walkers, and then I'm set on Axis and I can move on. So, my plan going forward with Dust is I want to paint some, uh, like paint a bunch of allied stuff, like actually paint it myself. But I'm gonna go more vehicle heavy because I'm I'm just at this point in my life I'm pretty much sick of painting fucking squads of infantry, like it's just not something I want to do with my time. Um, so I'll I obviously have to paint a few squads, but I don't want to go crazy with it. I want to paint more vehicles, and then I'll probably end up getting a premium Desert Scorpion army. I really like the look of the Desert Scorpion stuff. Um, nice. Are you going to so, have Desert Scorpion Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee. The dude who played Saruman, he was in the fucking, like, SAS or some shit. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Just a guy with a big white beard. Just Saruman in a Jeep with his fucking staff. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
so anyway, uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing there. And then there was something else. I know there was something else that I did. I was just about to talk about it, and then we got on the subject of Christopher Lee in a fucking Jeep. <laughs> oh, Chris Duncan is trying to, like, he bought me and Scott, like, armies for this fucking small boat game because he's just, he's a goddamn, he's he's an ex-army ranger, and he's a goddamn boat nerd. Like, he just loves boat shit. And they, like, Warlord Games released this boat game. It's, like, basically bold action, but in little boats. They're not little boats, like PT boats, which were, like, apparently 100 feet long or whatever. But it's, it's like, coastal-type boat warfare from World War II. So and obscure, dude. It's, yes, yeah, yeah. And I forget what scale it is, but Chris like bought the fucking starter set, and he's like full blown erection over this small boat game. And he's like, "You're gonna play this? What action you want to play?" I'm like, "I don't care, bro. Like, I'm not putting money into that." And he's like, "No, I'm gonna buy it for you." And I'm like, "All right, I'll play." And he's like, "Well, here's the rules. Down. I'm not reading the rules, Chris. You're just gonna have to teach me. I will play with you, but it's hard for me to." to I don't. It's just not something I'm that into. I'll play if you bring the miniatures over, throw them on a table. We'll play. The game's probably fun. I just, I can't. I just, I'm not painting fucking PT boats that are six inches long right now. It's just not something I'm doing with my time, Chris. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. The models for the game look pretty cool. Warlord Games puts out pretty cool shit. Price point's not bad. I forget what it's called. It's called C something C's Malicious C's. You remember Scott? Michael, you're heavily breathing into your microphone, bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you we started about? talking about Chris Duncan and he started breathing like him. <laughs> yeah, he breathing like a sick pug. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Just my mic up. <laughs> I told I told his wife that and she started dying laughing. She has to sleep next to that, man. Yeah, yeah I've had to, too. I've had to, too. We almost were spooning when Henry was in the room, and Henry had noise-canceling headphones and laughed himself to sleep of Ryan sitting next to Chris Duncan while he slurped a squid through a straw while he was trying to sleep. That's what it sounds like. Uh, it's called it's called Cruel Seas. Cruel Seas, that's it. So, Michael... Needs to, we need to figure out a way to close the gap from Indiana to Texas. Because this is something that I think Michael would be into more than me and Scott, maybe. I don't know. Scott may be into it. No, Whatever. Michael's saying Not no. really. Michael's no. like, I thought you really like World War II shit. Yeah, I do. Not boats. Man, Jesus, I want to read about this boat battle, but not with regular boats, like slightly smaller boats. <laughs> You know what's better than boats? Planes. Yeah. <laughs> Ask. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I mean, there are tons of other games I've made him play. So, you know, if the worst thing I have to do is have fun with a friend that I'm I really enjoy spending time with. ocean, man, to be honest. Sharks and yeah. stuff are out there. Yeah, so. you can ask Emily. I'm very anti-boat. I just, yeah. I'm like, I'm all set. Like, that's some, that's some fucking 1600 shit right there. We grew out of that a long time ago. Anybody... Yeah. Yeah, who still wants to do that? I feel like I the guess, chances but... of me getting scurvy go up being around boats. I don't want that. You know. <laughs> yeah, don't want to sink. I don't want to get eaten by a great white shark. I don't want to yeah. be bitten by a sea snake. I don't Those... want any of that. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're good. We're all set. Just stay I've out of boat. Titanic. I know how it goes. Yeah. So there's that, and then, um, man, I've went totally ham on 3D printing, and 
I've determined I've never done cocaine, but I'm relatively sure that 3D printing is like cocaine because I've slept maybe four hours in a block one time since I've had a 3D printer and everything else has been less than that because it's like, oh, I got to get up and check on my prints. Or if I just stay up another three hours, this fucking print will end and I can start another one. And it sucks I got to get up to, you know, for work at five in the morning or whatever, but it's just something I got to do. I I'll know. Just, I'll just quit my job so yeah, I can do this I'll, all just, the time. I'll just sneak home on my lunch break and uh, check on my print. Oh, look, it's done. I'll start another print. It's it's not good. I mean, it's good, but it's like, holy shit. You know not what I mean? Statable. <laughs> yeah, at some point, what do you got? Oh, Michael's got that. We can talk about that. But, uh, yeah, man, it's fucking awesome. So what ended up happening was uh, John Stanford's coming up to teach a 3D printing class in March here. So I said, well, what printers do you want to teach on? And he goes, well, we really probably need to do a DLP printer and an, um, an FDM printer so people can see what the difference is in both. And I'm like, well, if they're fairly affordable, I'll just buy one of each because you, you can't fly with yours, right? And he said, no, I can't fly with it. And I'm like, well, we're going to have to have them for Heresy or for uh, War Games Camp too, right? And he said, yeah. So I'm like, well, I'll just go ahead and get some that way because, you know, I'm the close, I'm the guy here on, on the location. So I bought an Ender 3 for the FDM printer. And then their uh, Anycubic was having a sale around Christmas, you know, for Christmas, Black Friday, whatever. And uh, I got sent a link and it's like, hey, go to this link and buy this printer. Well, I think what happened was I went to the link and the link was like to the five printers that were on sale, not like a specific printer. And me being dumbass me, not knowing the difference, just fucking click. Oh, this is the link. Click the first top one in the cart. Pay for it. You know, it's an Anycubic. Probably the same. What the hell just happened? What? What was that? Sound like somebody hacked running hacked by the Russians, dude. <laughs> yeah. That was weird as fuck. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I, I don't Holy I didn't hear anything that you guys talked about. Ian Scott that heard was, it. Well, that was anyway. pretty strange. <laughs> <laughs> Did not like so, that. I think they're on to us. If you're if you're playing at home, you heard it. Anyway. So What was it? What did it uh, sound like? It sounded like a uh, trash can falling down some stairs. <laughs> oh, my. It was very loud. It sounded um, like a man in a suit of armor being thrown <laughs> down flooded stairs. Yeah, there you go. Close. That's pretty accurate. So, um, so anyway, I get this. I get these two printers in, and I didn't really have time to mess with them. And they sat in my, my wife's office for like three weeks. And I finally got some free time, and I busted them out. And me and her together, because she's going back to school for IT, so she's kind of interested in it too. And then after we started 3D printing, she's now really interested in it, just like I am. We're super interested in it. We sort of passive-aggressively fight over the printer, but we'll get to that in, <laughs> in a minute. Uh, so we put together the Ender. The Ender comes in like a million pieces. Uh, so we it took like, I don't know, maybe three hours to assemble, something like that. Uh, me and her did it together. We put that together. And then we had problems with something. It was doing something weird. Maybe we couldn't level the plate or didn't understand how to level the plate. or What was it, Michael? Because we called you on the phone. Your plate was bowed. That's what it was. The plate was warped from the, the factory, which we ended up 
fix and it wasn't a big deal. Uh, it cost $3 to fix it. And I'll get to how we did that after I did some research. But uh, I was like, well, we can't do anything with this one. Let's open this other one. So I opened the other one. And it turns out that when I clicked on the link, I bought the wrong printer. I bought an Anycubic i3 Mega, which is the 3D printer that Michael has. So it's just another FDM printer of a different brand. So I'm like, well, shit. I don't, I, at the time, I didn't really want two FDM printers. It was supposed to be a DLP and an FDM. So I was like, well, fuck it. Uh, it takes so long to print something. I'll just keep both of these so I can, like, I'm going to print these big mechs. They take, like, 70-some hours to print. This will just allow me to cut that time in half. So I was like, but why I got them, let's just do a head-to-head test with the two. So I started posting videos and stuff up. Like, I printed these, uh, one of them is owls i think the any cubic comes with the owls right it's that test print because the yes the yes. ender three comes with a puppy or like a cartoon puppy so anyway i printed i printed the owls on the any cubic and i printed the puppy on the ender and the ender the puppy looked way better than the owls so i decided well let's do let's do a head-to-head test so we took the owl file and we just made it we put it in cura which is the slicer program that's free that a lot of people use for 3d printing and we made a file for the owls, and I literally just took that file and put it on two different SD cards and put it in both printers. And we did like a print off. And they both finished up, and the ender got better results. So I showed it to Michael. So then Michael went to the internet and was like, "Look, why? You know, why do you think this is?" Well, then somebody pointed out that different printers have different. Like when you open Cura, you have to select which printer you're using. And because I, I had set it up for the Ender first or whatever, when we copied the file, they were both uh, Creality files, which is who makes the Ender. I sh- so uh, they were they were identical, identical, and they should have been identical, but saved for the different printers. So that should have been the only variable. So anyway, I printed these fucking owls. Now I have three sets of owls. And was like, well, goddammit, we messed this test up. So then I had to go back and redo the file and make it an Anycubic file and a Creality file and print more owls. So I ended up with five sets of owls. Um, That said, in the results, I still think that the Ender um, ended up printing slightly better. Now, it's not to say the... Now, this is literally just basically out of the box. I'm not tuning anything. I didn't try different filaments. I didn't, you know, mess with any settings. It's literally just open out of the box, put them you know, out and print. So I'm not to say that you can't take the I3 and tune on it and get the same or better results. I I didn't go that far. I was just like, I want to take it out of the box, print shit and see what happens. Um, I will say the I3 pretty much in my opinion wins in every other category. I think it looks nicer. The, the, I always joke that the Ender three looks like some shit that the nerdiest kid in school built for a science fair project. (laughs) Like it, it's got like an LCD screen with like an exposed fucking circuit board on the back with just like fucking wires coming out of it. And it's like the frame is just made of like this aluminum like railing that somebody just cut up and there's no like covers on anything. And there's just like an fucking kit. wires everywhere. Yeah. And then the I3 looks like a polished product, like something nice. Like you go and it looks like a piece of like that a professional has built and designed in a program to like give it this nice finish look. Um, also, the Ender, once again, the plate was warped, which all I had to do to fix that was go to the hardware store and get a $3 piece of glass cut and stick it on top of the 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 table. 
but you you hold it on with paper clips. So once again, it still looks like something like, oh, I got this glass paper clipped on my build plate. You know what I mean? It's literally on there with paper clips. Uh, where the other one is like, it already has a real nice, uh, what's that thing called? The ultra base. Um, yep. The heated so, ultra base. And... The heated ultra base. And it's fucking awesome. So that's the other thing. Like on the Ender, when I finish a print, even after it cools down, the, I have to like, kind of work at it to get the shit off of the plate to get it free of the plate where the I three, I could literally, once it cooled off, you could just literally go over with your finger and poke it and it would come right off. It, it was fucking really, really nice. Um, the ender has a little bit bigger plate. I think it's like maybe a quarter inch all the way around. So like a half inch extra on each axis, maybe uh build plate wise. Um, they both print at roughly the same speed. I'm trying to think what else does the difference want. The Ender uses micro SD and then the the AnyCubic uses a normal SD card. If that matters to anyone. Um, there was something else. Oh, just the way you so like the, the AnyCubic has like a just a touch screen on the front of it. So it's like almost like using a smartphone and the menu makes sense you go through the uh the ender has like a fucking knob like a coleco vision from 19 like what, what was the coleco vision like from the fucking 80s did you guys even ever have one of them i've never even heard of a coleco have you ever heard of coleco i know it's yeah i know what it is about. but i've never yeah it's like I've a little remote with a knob games. on it that you played video games with like you play pong and shit like it's called coleco vision so that's what the controls on the ender remind me of it's literally like a knob you have an LCD screen that's like, like I said, with an exposed circuit board wire sticking out behind it. Don't spill your Coke on it. Uh, and you turn this knob to so like, so you push the knob in and it like goes beep and then menus come up and then you have to like spin the knob to find what you want and then push it to select. So it's like you turn the knob and push the knob to select where the other one just has like a touch screen, like a smartphone. It's just more polished. The i3 is just more polished. That said, I was getting more... I was getting smoother print results out of the Ender. And also the Ender has a much larger user base online. So it's easier to get help online when you have a problem. And there are these things called profiles when you 3D print where people will create a profile to print a specific thing. Like they basically get all the settings dialed in for something. And if you find someone else that's printing something that you want to print, they may already have a profile. And because the Ender has such a large user base, it's easier to find people that probably already have a profile or have worked the bugs out of a certain print where you can get help easier. So I ended up for me, the ender was kind of the, the choice I wanted to go with. So what I ended up doing our buddy, Eric, who's also wanting to do the, the, you know, the big size, the 160 scale BattleTech game. He purchased my uh, I3 from me. I cut him a deal on it. Uh, because the Ender is slightly cheaper than the i3, and I want, and the Ender is also on sale right now for $200. Even though I paid more for the i3, um, what I basically just did was charge him uh, the cost of a new Ender, and I just traded him the i3 and got another Ender. So the other thing with having two printers of different brands, especially when they're like both FDM or both whatever, you have to constantly remember to change your cure program to save your files for the right printer. And then you have to remember what you're working on because certain settings work better for one printer than the other and this thing. And I just didn't want to have to deal with that. I wanted whatever I went with just to have all the same one so that when I saved files, 
I could literally just use that file for every printer. That makes sense. I didn't have to like go in and fucking keep track of everything. So Eric bought my i3. I got another Ender from that. And then I started printing these mechs and realized how long it took. And being the crazy man I'm in, I'm like, I started looking and I'm like, man, most of these mechs are right at 70 to 80 hours. Uh, I want to get one in a day, so we'll just divide. Uh, that's three. That's three printers. So I just bought a third. So I have three Ender threes now. So I went from no 3D printing to three 3D printers, and I still don't have the fucking uh, DLP printer that I have to have for the class. So I'm gonna end up with a fourth because I gotta buy one for the class. <laughs> oh well, here's a fucking latest development for you. My son, six-year-old, mind you, in kindergarten has a STEM lab class where they teach them how to use a fucking, like, I think any cubic brand printers and, and shit like that. But he wants to get one for the house. So now I'm going to have to come up there and take that fucking class with you and John Stanford so I can learn how to run it and print out whatever the fuck he wants. So, yep. There you go. Yep. Dude is so good. My wife has been, cause she owns a, a bakery. She's been printing cake toppers She's into knitting, so she's been printing, like, you can print fucking knitting needles. She's like, well, I need this size knitting needle. I could go to Walmart tonight, or I could just fucking print needles, and they'll be ready in the morning. Let's just yeah. print some. Like, that. you know what I mean? It's like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. You're like, That's what I'm going to start doing for my mechs. Like, I can, if I find a variant of something, I like it. Like a six millimeter one, I can just be like, oh, well, I'll just fucking print it then. I don't have to buy it anymore. Like, yeah. You just buy filament oh, and it's man. not Jesus. that's the other crazy thing like those those mechs are like warhound titan sized i printed that one off i couldn't believe how fucking big it was because i hadn't seen scott's in person yet until after i had printed my warhammer and i still have people well for one people who shit on battletech they saw that they saw that thing and now all of a sudden it's not so funny anymore like they're yeah. like oh shit i kind of want to do that now i'm sorry for everything that i've said ryan this actually looks legit. I'm like, yeah, I know, bro. I know. I bet it's it okay. does. <laughs> I bet so, it does. You're uninvited. Yeah. If you bring Battletech over to my house, doors are closed. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, people have asked me, like I've gotten the legit question, how many rolls of filament did it take to make that mech? And I'm like, it didn't take it. it it's you're asking the question in reverse. It's how many mechs can you get out of a roll of filament? And the answer is about four to five um, and a roll of filaments about 20 bucks. So you're looking at about four fifty to print a model, the size of a Warhound Titan. Yep. And you could probably print a Warhound. The, the STLs are out there to print a Warhound Titan. Yeah. There's a Lucius pattern out there. I'm just saying, I'm not going to say whose whose name it is. I'm not a fucking narc or rat and try and get it taken down. But yeah, you can print if you really want a Warhound Titan. If you own, an Ender 3 that costs $200. If you spent $200 on an Ender 3, bought a $20 roll of filament, you could print a $5 Warhound. So you'd have $225 in it, and that would be the one model you've printed, and you've already, like, you're already less than one-third of what it costs to actually buy that fucking thing from the company that actually makes it. So, you know, just saying. Just throwing Dude, those, funny just throwing those stats out there at you, folks. When you, you say, said that, when you said you're not a dark, and I was like, the type of people who would report someone like that to GW, you know that meme where it's like people who report things up. Shout out to Benjamin Greaves. And it's just Chinese people in a circle like fucking each other in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so welcome to the future yeah it's it's pretty fucking incredible so so since i've gotten these printers uh well for one i i had i sold my i3 and my other two printers don't get here till tomorrow so i'm on one printer right now um which is bad it's like going from an eight ball a day down to like you got a few lines to deal with it's not good so um I've only printed the Warhammer for myself, and I printed a Locust, and the Locust was kind of out of scale, in my opinion. So I, I'm going to print another one and scale it up. And then I told Henry, because Henry's coming to teach that big mech class where we're going to paint big mechs. You hear that? Eric! Don't no. chew in the microphone. It's not him. He's chewing. I'm watching you. I'm like... You're pretty far away, but you were chewing. I, I guess I was not far so enough loud, away from the dude. mic. That came in so loud. That is strange <laughs> as fuck. Jesus. I could hear fucking Derek's nasal cavity for some reason, man. Yeah. I could hear <laughs> the thoughts he was thinking about the food he was chewing. That's how loud it was. Fuck, that was strange, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, God, so sorry. <laughs> I, told, I told Henry I'd print him... You know, obviously he's going to need a mech to paint to uh, see what they're like to paint. So he wanted a rifleman because he's been reading the books and he's on the second Warrior trilogy novel. And he really likes uh, Gray Newton. He's a character that fights in Slayer 7 and he's got a rifleman named Legend Killer that he fights with in the arena. So um, I printed him a big rifleman and then he wanted another one to do like military looking paint job on it. So I, he's getting the first prototype of the new uh, 33% increased in scale Locust. So it's actually printing right now. His rifleman's done. I threw it in a big Ziploc bag because he said he wanted the full experience of taking off all the supports and everything. I said, more power to you, buddy. Here you yeah, go. Good luck. Nah, they're not bad. Once Since uh, David has helped me out and gave me those profiles, and I started using those profiles, and he told me what settings to set it on, Dude, they come off so easy. Um, it's a fucking wizard, man, and I'm still gonna just always pay him to do it for me because there I'm you go, lazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not a not a bad idea. He charges not like it's a very reasonable price for the amount of time. It's not a lot of work. It it's a lot of work setting up the initial file, like getting the pieces oriented on the plate exactly how you want them, getting them to fit. If it's going to take more than one build plate to print something you want to get the pieces evenly distributed so that they're roughly the same print time so if you have more than one printer that all finishes at once there's a lot of like logistics to do that that i'm finding out and learning uh but once you get those set up and you get those saved as g-code files you have them forever uh so if you want to print a second one it's just as easy as putting it in the printer and hitting a button which i'm sure he's already got that all set up now that being said it still takes, you know, a day or several days to print one just of time that you have to keep going over there and watching it. Plus, you're using your filament and all that. And then also, when they come off, there's quite a bit of cleanup to do. It probably takes two or three hours. If, if I want to do it to the standard that I like to clean a model to, it, it takes at least two or three hours for me to, you know, go over it, make sure every support's gone, clean up any little piece of flash or anything like that. But uh, so, so far, I've done... A rifleman, a locust that was too small, and I basically did my Warhammer one and a half times because I reprinted half of it because I wasn't happy with the results because I learned some stuff. Michael has me watching fucking YouTube videos on Tinkercad. I had to learn how to 
split objects in Tinkercad because I ran out of uh, Michael. Hey, do this for me on Tinkercad credits temporarily there. Uh, the, but he's still trying. He's still trying. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to fix that Phoenix Hawk arm. It's too fucking advanced, and uh, the I'm in between semesters <laughs> to take fucking CAD at Ivy Tech. So, and I can't wait that long. So, just fix it for me. We'll get it solved in the future. I promise. Um, so he made some locust arms and some other shit. So anyway, I've just been like so fucking balls deep in 3D printing, man. It's so fucking good. Uh, and I printed that giant mech, and people who would have never even looked at Battletech or been interested in it. I got that big mech printed and I put it up like just in my game club and I wasn't trying to convince anyone. I literally just been like, look at 3D printing, how fucking awesome it is. I printed this big mech for five bucks and like everyone in my game club was like, oh my God, that looks so cool. And two or three of them have already hit me up. Like our buddy Kenneth is like hot and heavy into it. He went and listened to all the Lore Warrior videos. He's fucking listening to our YouTube videos were recorded um, man, I've fucking been down that road, my man. <laughs> so apply for that second job. <laughs> it's it's been really good, man. Really good. And then uh, we just recently had game night. We can come back to three D printing because I'm sure Michael wants to talk about it too. But I, I forgot to talk about this earlier. I played uh, Bill Hag again and Dust, um, which was a lot of fun. He brought his Desert Scorpions, and I played my Axis again. And this time I went real heavy with uh, Rack and Troop dudes like i went half rack and troop half falschenjager the i only had two units of the falschenjager infantry and then like four of the little uh rso thingies and then i had a whole bunch of rack and troop stuff and characters and we're one and one i took old bill down he got me last time but i got him this time so that was a fun game uh bill's a lot of fun to hang out with so was that a was that pre hellgate release or after hellgate release after hellgate and to be fair, he forgot a lot of his rules. Like, he didn't use his raid We were talking about it after the game. Like, he forgot to use his raid rule. He forgot to do a bunch of... Did he, uh, did he take the new Desert Scorpion platoons or anything like that? Or was he just running... Where the... they get the... He took a platoon where they get a enhanced save for the first turn. Yeah, the Greg and Izzy platoon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, it was... I, I had a real hard time dealing with him for the first... Because he had a bunch of Humbers with fucking smoke and these improved saves and shit... So basically, yeah. I just I tried to wait him out. I put my shit because I have I can get height advantage real easy because I'm just dropping on buildings, fucking jumping up there with my rack and troop dudes, and we were playing on the city board behind me. So I just basically dug in and fucking waited out his smoke, and then once the smoke was waited out, I fucking just pounced on him like a jungle cat, man, and it got real ugly real quick. The poor allies, they ran out of their smoke and their advanced save, and they were like, uh oh, this is problems. I made those Humbers, the Humber turrets. Yep, I remember you gave them to him while you were up here. We talked about it. Sneaky. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm glad Bill's been coming down. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the game. Uh, game barn uh, is well underway. The windows are in it. The doors are ordered. Uh, it's fully framed. All the OSBs on it. They just put black paper on the roof. The entire building's Tyvexed. All the windows are in it. They started, uh, they drilled the holes and poured the concrete for the posts for the deck. Uh, the electrician came and marked on the wall, like where all the outlets are going. And I put in my order for the lights that I'm putting in and the vents and the ceiling for the airbrushing shit. Uh, I called the power company to run power out to it, but the, the electrician has to get the wiring roughed in and it has to be inspected. And then once it's inspected, 
and okay, the energy company will come and run and put your meter in, but they're notified they're they're everything's good to go set up for that. Uh, so it's looking like um, they ordered the metal for the building. That's kind of the big holdup right now. They had to frame it and get everything ready to go to get the measurements to then order the metal for the building. So they ordered it, I think, a week ago. So the metal should be this week. They're basically just going to be working on the deck. And then hopefully the week after that, the metal will show up and they can wrap the building in metal. And then all that's left is basically the interior. So what's the what's the estimated date? Looking like sometime in January. I'd say late January and it'll be done. We'll be gaming in the barn. Hell yeah. Enough time for Radio Free Sphere Grad Nationals. Yep. Are you going to be the first event held there? You Because... The, the soonest thing right now is March. John Stanford's coming to teach 3D printing in March in the game barn. Can you beat him out and be the first event ever in the barn? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, it just has to be, you know, as soon as it's done, man, we'll play nationals. There's enough people in Ohio and stuff like that that are willing to drive for a dust nationals kind of thing. And it'll just be so, like, off the cuff, like, Let's do this, all you fucking like competitive bastards. Yep. Let's get in here. So yeah. anyway, that oh, and the the last thing is I went on Eye of Horus uh, this morning, recorded with Tim. I got up, uh, I think an hour and a half before I was supposed to leave for work. I got up fucking early, like four in the morning or something. And me and him, I it's their end of the year episode, and I recorded with him, and I just talked about um, War Gamers Camp. And Henry Steele is going to, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later in this episode, but he's coming to both Indiana and Texas to teach a painting class. And then Matt Kane is coming back in May to teach a painting class. So I basically talked about the 3D printer class, uh, Matt's class, Henry's class, and Wargamers Camp on Eye of Horus. So go check that out. Me and Tim had like a an hour, hour and ten minute conversation or something like that. So that's going to be on their end of the year episode. So that's pretty much everything I've done. I've had a full fucking couple weeks, man. Fantastic. So much new things. So, uh, so yeah, my, uh, my hobby progress is pretty similar to Ryan's. Uh, I got my mega probably. No, I, I guess I opened mine like a few days before you did or like maybe a week before you did. And yep. then like immediately just like hit the ground. I was like, you know what? Let's go and see what I can print. And I've already been using my DLP printer. And I, the literally the first thing I printed was that Kodiak torso. And we're talking like 80% infill. It was the <laughs> like the biggest, the most supports you could ever have. It came out really nice. like, And it was actually... 0.2 layer i didn't even do 0.1 layer came out real nice i hit it with a primer i still have it on my my uh, table i showed derek the other day and i just like slowly like i guess i don't know kind of like uh the rangers you know like went in <laughs> learned some shit report back to ryan and i was like hey like here's some stuff like don't do this don't do this yep and it was uh so I have like really right now fully printed. I have an adder, I have my locust printed, I have two fire moths printed, and what else? Thanks, Sergey. 
Yeah, thank you, Sergey. I have like four four mechs fully printed, and only I have two of them assembled. The thing is, I'm not happy with the quality of them. Like, uh, my Locust has these like weird like the flat part lines that I guess uh, the the areas that are 90 degrees with the, the with printer the uh, the build plate. Yeah, it's like there. It's it's a really ugly look on his like little wing things. And so I just assembled, like, I really, I just wanted to kind of see what the printer was capable of and, like, definitely just kind of, like, get a feel for how I should make things. I mean, how much would you say we learned, Michael, me and you just trading knowledge? Like, me printing something, you printing something, going back and forth. Like, um, and we developed, I I don't know that we developed it. I'm sure someone else has figured it out. But the idea of splitting an object in half so that you can turn one half over and print those the two halves facing the build plate and then glue them together in real life to get rid of all that fucking nasty shit that you were talking about. Yeah. So we, we did that. Uh, that's what Ryan was talking about. How he was bothering me to get that done and still, still needs the wings cut off of something, I think. Uh, but it was like, we've, we've learned quite a bit. I know I need to do that with my fire moths just because it's like, there's these areas that are facing the build plate that are just hideous. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for the i3 Mega, there isn't really anybody that's throwing around these profiles. There is one guy that I found on the internet named Matthew, and he is like he he has an i3 Mega. He's in the same group I'm in, and he's also in the Gambody group that I'm also in. And this dude is like shitting out the most beautiful mechs I've ever seen in my life, and I'm just like teach me your ways but he won't respond to my friend request or like totally ignores me i'm just like what is happening <laughs> like how dare you sir so but anyway you can't just track him down and show up to his house with like fucking your some of that meat your dad makes and just be like look we'll make a fucking trade you're getting the better end of the deal just let me in your house show me what you're doing i mean obviously i could do that like obviously i may have looked up to see if this guy was just love me bro, which state okay? he was in <laughs> like <laughs> I've done way more research on this man than I should have. And it's like, I, I'm stalking him because he's making these beautiful mechs. But anyway, so I, uh, I found the right filament. I found the right, the, the right, uh, uh, settings. The only thing that's still messing me up is the supports. And I am so not about this support life, even with the, the new settings, like the 8% supports and all that jazz, they're still trash to take off and all that stuff. And it's just like... I got, There's got to be something, man. We need to go through like literally every setting, and I'll, I'll read them off what I'm doing. On, I mean, I know that they're slightly different, but surely there's a setting that me and you can go through that I can just read off on my Ender, that on these profiles that I have, and you can find the thing that's making it do that. Like We can literally do that after we record if you want. Yeah, I hate supports, man. I hate removing supports. I hate taking off supports. It ruins my prints. It's just I hate them. I hate them so much. God, I hate supports. I mean, you saw my model. Like, what do you think of mine? Like, in comparison? No, I think your model looks great. I think it looks fantastic. I just uh, don't have the patience to clean my models like you do. And that, like, really, like, I don't have that patience. And I'm, like, I really, really want to paint a Kodiak really bad. But I don't want to have to go to the work of painting or cleaning up said Kodiak. So I just ordered one from David. Like, I was just like, you know what? David, go ahead and print me one. And yeah. the problem is, you guys have hyped it so much that he's so fucking far behind right now that he's two weeks out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 
Hey, I just sent him more customers. Literally tonight, I think I sent him more customers. So uh, he's buying. You... He told me he was buying five more printers. He's going to be up to ten. That's what he said. That's what he was telling me. He said he was buying five more enders to get up to ten, and that way he can speed up his production. I'm just like, damn it, all these people are. And so like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna have to pay my roommate to just print up mechs and clean them up. Like cleaning the cleaning process for this mech would. It's the only thing. Once again, if you live closer to Indiana, I would do it for you. It's not that big a deal. You could sit down, me and you could just sit and watch live PD and bullshit while I cleaned your mech up for you, and just you know, you spend a little time with me, and that'd be payment enough. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I hate it with a damn. I'll trade you. I'll trade you CAD design for cleaning mechs. <laughs> just mail them to you. <laughs> clean this up. Okay. This yeah, up, I'll pest. clean this up. Fucking fix this Phoenix Hawk arm, cat slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've been i've been doing that i did print my mechs up i'm I'm super excited i have this like towel paint scheme i I picked up the uh uh what are they called the Tau galaxy right yeah Tau galaxy um Tau galaxy uh clan ghost bear it's like a a light blue blue like winter camouflage on the legs with a dark blue top with a that same light blue camouflage like stripe across it across it and i picked up some uh, uh fallout hobbies like stencils yep. for the uh like for the legs so like i have this like full paint scheme like picked out and everything like that i already know what colors i'm going to use i already have the uh the airbrush paint for it and everything like that like i'm ready dude and apparently i'm supposed to be getting my cult of paint uh airbrush here pretty soon so like i'm 100 like i'm ready to paint these fucking mechs but i don't have a mech that's ready to go and that adder i printed up i was thinking I was like, oh, i'll just try it on the adder i'm like no nah, this thing's trash i'm gonna I'm fucking destroy it what do you want i'll print you one and clean it up and mail it to you i don't give a shit it's uh I, well i already have, I have a kodiak on the way okay but well, ideally i want like probably like 12 locusts and like <laughs> 10 10 fire moths like i'm well what so what if um because i already i set up the locust to print i have it on three build plates i have the legs on one the torso on another and then the pins on a third and Uh they're all saved in g code what if i sent you those files could you just transfer those over to the fucking i3 and see what it does i mean i probably could but I don't know. It might come out like your like your your owls. <laughs> just it, they didn't like, come out that bad though. They really didn't. It was pretty close. I don't know. We'll we'll look. We'll see. We'll see. I'll uh we'll see what we can do. I uh I don't know. Cause mine's already resized. The pieces are facing the right direction on the build plate to get rid of uh the majority of that shitty stuff we don't like on the things that face the build plate. Uh, whatever you call that rough stuff um yeah. and then so it's resized it's orient oriented on the build plate correctly and then i have the pin set to 100 infill and the other thing's only set to 10 all the supports are set up correct so i mean it, it takes me about probably an hour to set up one mech in cura the exact way i want it to print maybe a little longer an hour or two but what, like i said once that's done like once i do a rifleman like that one time i don't ever have to do it again i can just print rifleman but yeah and it's actually pretty fun. Like I, 
it takes about two hours to do it, but I've, I've actually been enjoying it because I get to, you know, picture what it's going to be like in my head, which way do I want this piece to print. And then once I actually print it for the first time, there may be, I'm like, well, if this was leaning just at like a 22 degree more angle, it would get rid of this rough surface. I could, it'd be less cleaning. And that's kind of what I've been doing is going back and tweaking shit every time I print. And then, you know, I got my Warhammer. Like I, I'm comfortable where I could print someone else a Warhammer that it's going to be the least amount of cleanup and give them the best results. Like, you know, right off, like, here you go. Just fucking, here's the G code files. Fucking hit print on this bad boy and watch it go. And you're going to have a beautiful model when it's done. Yeah, I'm at the point right now where I am like ready to get my Kodiak because I know once I paint my Kodiak, I'll be like, okay, cool. Now I got to make my own. Like I got to just go to fucking town on these things. And like, that's a, that's where I'm at. So I'm just kind of like, kind of in this, like, it's cool. I'll put that off for a little bit. I already looked into getting another i3 Mega just because I went to Harbor Freight. I picked up a workbench for a hundred bucks and it is awesome. It's like basically the same workbench I have. That was a, I bought a cobalt one for like 300 bucks from uh, home Depot. And I found the pretty much the exact same one for $99 from Harbor Freight. And I set that up in my painting room area so I can just put 3d printers up there. And then I picked up this, uh, octo print on a raspberry Pi and so the only thing I'm waiting for on that is a, a USB uh, extender. Like I need more USB ports so I can put a webcam on it so that I can just watch my prints and uh, just make sure that, you know, I I had one print that failed. I was not, I didn't have my temperature high enough on my extruder, which meant that like it was basically like coming out cold or something like that. I wasn't using it. It wasn't. It was hardening too fast. It was coming out liquid and then almost hardening immediately and then not adhering to what you were putting it onto. Yeah, it was because I was using a PLA plus instead of just normal PLA. And so I came home to a massive like fire hazard of death. And I was like, oh, man, I can't be Katie lives here. I can't be doing that. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so so like that immediately I ordered a, a nest. uh, uh uh, a nest fire alarm so that I could have that posted up in my house just in case like, like really like, cause that's connected to the internet. And so like, if like there was a fire, like it would detect the smoke, it would notify me. And then I can like kick on my webcam. And be like, is that, is my thing on fire? Oh shit. I gotta go. <laughs> like I gotta leave work. So like that just like immediately had me concerned just because I've heard that bad things can happen with 3d printers. So either way, Scare the shit out of me. But, uh, so I got that octave print, got that going. But, I mean, 3D printing aside, I'm putting that on hold for right now. Uh, I have been working on my Mordians quite a bit. Um, so I went on this, like, tank spree with my mordians like i've just been like picking up people's astro militarum left and right if they got it for sale i'm like yeah i'll take that i'll take that i'll take that and then so i've got i collected all these lehman russes i picked up all of the old stygies pattern turrets i printed up a whole bunch of uh conquer pattern like front turrets and all that jazz uh i found a thunder on on ebay 
got that. I fucking love Little Thunder. I had like no reason to have even have that in my army. And I was like, yep, I need it. <laughs> and so I've just been like balls deep into upgrading uh, all of these Imperial Guard into like full Mad Robot Mordians. And I like throwing these Mad Robot Miniatures Mordians onto these tanks. So they look, they're completely personalized Mordian tanks. Like I have a Wyvern that has like a legit, like I he has a Mordian inside of it controlling the gun and all that stuff. Painted blue with a Mordian head, Mordian torso, everything like that. Nice. And it's like a, it, 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 it lo- everything looks fucking fantastic. By the way, I forgot I got I got the uh, the tank rider legs on the way. I forgot I ordered those. Nice. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I was not happy about is I've been picking up all of this stuff for Astra Militarum. And the problem is I'm using 100% Mordian legs, 100% Mordian torsos, arms, heads. So anytime I pick something up, like if it's a heavy weapons team, uh, if it's a um, if it's a start collecting box, so I can start getting like a Lehman Russ with a Commissar, I get these squads of Cadians that I have no use for. And so I was like, man, what am I going to do with these? And so I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and order a shitload of bald heads from Mad Robot Miniatures, and I'll just throw those on all of these Cadians, and I'll paint them up in uh, in AK Interactive uh, orange, which is like a really soft, powdery orange, and like it's really matte. And then I will make just a shitload of convicts, and so like I'll like have all of these convicts, and I'll just run them as conscripts. And then I'll just have like their sergeant will be like a fully like uniformed Mordian who will just like like go die. <laughs> like yeah, get on. And so uh so I did that. I ended up like putting these like bald heads on my uh on my Cadians and they like they make really good convicts. Like I don't know, did you see the pictures of them that I posted up on Victoria Warhammer? No, not yet. Okay. So well they're in the other room, but yeah, so I have these uh I have these convicts and really I have no use for conscripts just at all in my list or anything like that. Just something to do with all these goddamn Cadians? Yeah, I just needed something to do with all the Cadians. And so this month for the Escalation League that's going on in Legacy, it because it's a it's like a you know, there's so much stuff going on with family and like we got Christmas and all that stuff. They said we're not adding points onto the Escalation League this month. This month is just solely uh kill team. I was like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and make a kill team out of my like these conscripts. And so I got to play some kill team. I got my ass handed to me because I have no fucking clue how to play kill team. But uh, I did have a good time. And like the fluff behind these dudes is they're just cons they're like conscript, like penal legion dudes. And so I just kinda like that's them. Yeah. So I just kinda sent them to their death. <laughs> like just go ahead and charge. Just get in What's there. Gotta go do, man. Can't have that fucking rabble getting away with it, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I just... It was so funny, because, like, you, you, like, you build up this fluff in your head, and so I just have this, like, this commissar and this sergeant standing in the very back of the table, like, the little mat, and, like, all of the soldiers are just like... I'm like, okay, he's gonna go ahead and charge. It's like, oh, yeah, he's gonna charge his howling banshee? Yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> go, 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 go. And so, like, I'm just, like, sending, like, eight people, like... In Kill Team, you're supposed to have, like, eight models or, like, nine models, and my list has, like, 15, and you would think to yourself, like, man, that's got to get out of hand. That's probably unfair. That's probably unbalanced. Nope. Imperial Guard 
die pretty quickly. <laughs> like, there's, like they're not very special. It just gives your opponent more shit to kill. Yeah, so they have more fun. They get to have more fun, and I get to have fun because like. <laughs> It's like I take okay. a lot of pleasure in killing innocent people, so I really, really like this. There, there was this one point where it was like this is howling banshee with like two swords, and I have like eight conscripts like against it, like and all like all of their little like bayonets are like stabbing at her, and she's just like murdering them, just like dead, you're dead, you're dead, and then they're just breaking left and right because she's just like tearing ass through them. I'm like, ah. Uh, well, this isn't good, but at least they're holding you. Like in my mind, I told him, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go and charge you." He's like, "Why do you keep charging me with all your with all your uh, with all your prisoners?" I said, "Because that means you can't shoot me." <laughs> it's like in your Eldar, you have all this fucking shooting power. Let me just, I'm just gonna get in combat. We'll be all right. It's so fucking funny. I just like kept sending everybody at Cody. Yeah. So I did that. Uh, Reminds of the old kill team where somebody like one player has the kill team, the other player has like the like guards. That was yeah. the best version, I thought. Yeah. yeah. You have that to, was like, the old like mini game that was just in the fourth or fifth edition rulebook. Silencers and oh, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like your kill team is just just a bunch of convicts. That's a yeah. It was a like, the rules for kill team are fun. Like I absolutely enjoyed myself. Enjoy them for the four months until they have kill team version twenty seven and a half or whatever version of kill team they're mm-hmm. on now. Yeah, I'll they, definitely enjoy it this month. They've got they pretty redo good it more. Have they have so. they ever redone more a game more than that? Then Kill Team, I don't know. They're literally on like the easily the twelfth version of that game. Yeah, it's like Shadow War, uh, Necromunda, um, Rogue Trader. All these like squad based skirmish games are just starting to run together for me. I think I think they the only reason they re-released those game is to protect the IP, and so they had to re-release all those skirmish games. What I'm saying is every edition of 40k has had like three versions of Kill Team within that edition since it came out. For whatever reason, they keep updating it and updating it, and then they came out with that Armageddon thing that lasted a month, and then they had whatever, and now they have another Kill. It's just funny to me. Like we was we were laughing about that the other day. How many versions of Kill Team there's been? Yeah, well, it's fun. It was a yeah, good time. Yeah, I always liked it. I uh, I have no complaints about it, and I had a good time, and I will absolutely be playing more Kill Team. I uh, I need more convicts. I'm gonna make more convicts. Like, I'm just gonna keep modeling the fuck out of a shitload of Cadian convicts. Uh, I found out the max number of people you can have is twenty, and I'm gonna go and like my commissar didn't do shit, and that's three convicts I could have had. So <laughs> the way you're talking, dude, if you ever get into bolt action or flames of war with me, you're only allowed to play one faction. Okay. The, the Russians. The, yeah. <laughs> the oh, Soviets. Yeah, dude. Hey, I play the same thing with, uh, with in dust. I have a PLA, which is legit like 55 PLA Chinese Chinamen running forward. <laughs> and like, I played a game against uh, my buddy's Falschermager, and he falls in on these buildings and just lights up all, like, every little gun he could have shot, he, like, lights up into my PLA and just wipes out, like, 30 dudes. And I'm like, well, that sucks. I'm probably going to lose. Nope. Once you get 20 other little Chinamen in your building, (laughs) and they're, like, upstairs with you running up to come find you, it's a completely different game at that point. (laughs) <laughs> and that is like I'm just like yeah well you know you killed thirty of them but twenty well, made it 
<laughs> Falsum Jaeger squads are like 10 points and yours are five. So if, if they kill one, but your one that's left kills them, it's an even trade. It's exactly the way you gotta you gotta feel it. It's like, oh, your howling banshee killed my five point mech or my five point. Uh, it, it's so funny because like every game, it's like that's a uh, like even in like BattleTech view, I'm like, eh, I don't want those ninety tonners. Give me like ten, twenty tonners. Like I don't like give me the little guys. I'll take a bunch of locust and fire moth. I uh, that's my that's my that's my style of play. Oh, like, like swarm. fucking bear aids over there. Jesus, man. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and then you've been playing a lot of that Battletech video game, you said. Yeah, well, so I've been, I did that. I've been, like, doing Kill Team. And then the Dust Hellgate released. And so I got my, uh, my shipment of all the Hellgate stuff. So me and my roommate have been, like, tearing through the rules and keeping our uh, radio freeze Farragrad dust group like like giving them like because we got it early so we were like trying to keep them updated on what was on the way and then I got my models early because I'm considered a prime retailer and yep. so <laughs> yeah you know BD you know <laughs> and so we did some <laughs> unboxings of the uh, of the new stuff uh, the Desert Scorpions man all their new stuff is fucking awesome the ijn stuff is fucking awesome uh but i really think like the mythos faction is gonna be coming up this year like real fucking hard that avatar of cthulhu is top tier like don't 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 sleep on that thing because if you roll up across the table against that like monstrous creature it's like it's like 12 12 inches tall it's like the size of like a knight and it's just like 30 points of just beefcake. It's brutal. It's a it's a massive like death dealer. But we did find out that it can't get inside buildings cuz it's a vehicle technically. And so if you just like treat it like a graboid from Tremors, you're safe cuz it only has close <laughs> combat. So like you just like get inside of a water tower or like you know, So my rack and troop would be good. Just play it on my city board, my rack and troop and just like get up on second levels and shoot at it yeah it'd be like ah you asshole let me in <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah you'll be safe so we were uh we were actually talking in the uh in the in the chat we were like you know what's gonna happen because they were really really uh particular about banning airborne units from landing on Airborne cannot land on uh, buildings, and that's because the laser RSOs really were a... Wait, wait, wait. It it says infantry can, so infantry can, right? Yeah, infantry only. RSOs can't. Like, the the, the tanks can't. And the the only reason they did that is because people were landing RSOs on the top of buildings, and they just, like, sit up there and then just blast people to death and can't hurt them. Anyway, uh, so... They immediately put a stop to that, and so they were like, hard line, no fucking vehicles on buildings. And then now they're like, oh, we got these mythos creatures now, which are considered vehicles, but we don't want to fuck up the fluff. We kind of want them to be able to fly on the top of buildings, so we don't really know like how we're going to like make this happen. So like, when it came to like FAQ time, we're like, hey man, can mythos creatures fly on top of buildings? And it's like, hard rules, no. But rule of cool... Yes, and it's like okay, so we're gonna have to get an FAQ now, and they're probably gonna make a special just make a rule. special rule to put on the card. 
on Mythos. So Mythos yeah. is going to like like Mythos will get a rule now like that they can get in buildings and they can go like not be untouched. They're not going to be the graboid tremors bullshit where you can get like where Kevin Bacon can climb inside of a damn bulldozer and be untouchable to Mythos. Like it'll Hey man, that's Kevin Bacon you're talking about, <laughs> sir. You better fucking put some respect on that. Yeah. So, so yeah, but then uh in addition to all of that nerdy shit, uh, I've also been playing a shitload of BattleTech and and I just have a video game, be clear. BattleTech video game. Like it hasn't just been like I, I have to tell you guys this because god damn it, it's the most useful thing I've ever seen. It's a program called Shadow, all right? And basically you're renting a gaming PC and it's not a physical PC, it's a VMware PC. So if like what you need to run a badass 4K game with like all of the specs turned up all the way, you need a pretty hard P- hardcore PC to render the graphics, you need it to render all the backgrounds and render all of the uh the resolution correctly, everything like that. Like it puts a toll on not only your processor, it puts a toll on your GPU, it puts a toll on your RAM. There's a ton of things that you have to have in place to have a proper gaming PC to run these games at full spec. All right? Well, I found this program called Shadow. It's kind of reminiscent of OnLive, if you uh, remember that from a long time ago, where you're basically just streaming the codec to yourself and you're sending your controls over the internet to run a virtual machine. Except now we're living in 2018, not 2010 like we were, where like it's pretty much 0.91 second, 0.91 milliseconds worth of latency, so it's seamless. So using this shadow software, you just straight up you rent a PC. I think it's like $22 a month right now, and that is it's 22 bucks a month, and then if you use like a discount code you can get like 10 bucks off so i think i ended up paying like 12 dollars to try it out for this month and you get this virtual machine you log into it it's a uh, windows 10 it's like you're allotted like 32 gigs of ram you're allotted a 1080 ti and you have this like i you got like a a, a four core processor i7 or something like that it's bonkers you have this like top tier gaming pc ready to go, everything is already configured, latest updates for you, everything like that, and all you do is log into it, and you can sign into your Steam account, you get so much gigabytes of data, or gigabytes of memory on your little partition that you get to put whatever games you want, so I straight up put Battletech on there, and I have been playing it every fucking day on every computer that I get a hold of. Like, in my parents' computer I was playing it, I was playing it on my fucking like like on a netbook. Like there's people that download this like shadow PC and they're putting it like on their PC. They're putting it on their Android tablets. They're doing it on everything because all it takes is an internet connection and everything gets rendered and processed over the PC in the shadow network. And so they can play these like 4K games, like top tier like best games. They can play it like on their fridge if they want. Like on their smart fridge. They can play it on their Jesus, smart toaster. Man. Like it doesn't matter. Like they can play it. And it's like stuff that should not run crisis. <laughs> like <laughs> like it's 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 bonkers, man. It's a, it's like 
people are playing game like anywhere they can get internet, people are playing games. And so I've been playing BattleTech on my Shadow PC, and I mean I have a good decent home PC, but man, like being able to just like you know sneak this in on my lunch break at work, <laughs> or you know yeah. <laughs> on an Android device, it's pretty cool, man. Twenty bucks a month isn't bad to borrow what is essentially a thousand dollar PC. Yeah, and I can't ever see like. This is such a sustainable model because the way I see it is if I'm playing a badass game, I'm going to be playing on internet. Like that's going to like I have no reason to ever play a badass game not on internet. So, it's like I absolutely will have an internet connection wherever I'm at. So, if I can spend $270 a year on a PC versus a PC that's always updated versus spending fifteen hundred dollars to buy a pc that will be obsolete next year it's like what it's win-win no matter how you look at it yeah and like yeah i can just like i'll like i'll I'll, it's like basically leasing a pc i'll never have it in my possession but really i'm just paying paying to have the best possible pc and they've already upgraded me twice since i've had it in the past like four days five days however long i've had it already like they're like hey by the way we just added like x amount extra ram we just upgraded the core on your server to this, so now you're going to get 20% faster speeds on processing, even though no game you're fucking playing requires that. I'm not playing fucking Crisis. I'm playing Battletech, but holy shit, man. This this service is incredible. And I have been... Like, you saw me playing yesterday, Derek. You yeah. saw me playing Battletech. It, it's going to make gaming PCs obsolete. Like, how good did Battletech look? It looked like you were playing it on a high-end PC. It, exactly, and I'm playing it on, like, this Lenovo, like like old school pc like it's like like a secondhand laptop yeah 100 percent. like it's bonkers it's bonkers how nice it is that being said i've been playing the shit out of battletech on here and i have like i went from knowing nothing about weapons to knowing so much about weapons and like what they do now and like you know like everything down from like flamers machine guns ppcs uh, LRM. My mech. What was that? I should learn more about that. Yeah, it's like whoa, 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 what was that? Like I didn't know flamers were a thing until a damn firestarter rolls up on me, adds fifty fucking heat to me. Yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, with that thing touching your little infantry fellas. Yeah. What What's so crazy is like I feel like if you're gonna play BattleTech and you're like brand new into it, you should play the game. That way. Wait, wait, wait. In- you gotta, you gotta distinct. So if you're gonna play the board game, classic BattleTech. Yeah, the video game will actually teach you how to kind of play the board game. I would say play the video game first just so you can get all of the bullshit out of like you can get all the mistakes out of the way. Like I'm sitting there in the in the video game, I'm like, "Yeah, PPC, boom, fired again. Boom, fired again. Boom." And then my dude's on fire. I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, I overheated him." <laughs> like, <laughs> like just smoke coming out of your pilot's ears. <laughs> and he's just sitting there just screaming. Ah! He's like, you can fry an egg in here. I'm like, just keep shooting. <laughs> like, and then I like, I find out that there's a minimum range to PPCs, and like, so I kept yep. like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'll jump five feet from him, and then I'll shoot him, and that'll like, my accuracy will be badass. And I'm like, why am I like, why is there a 25 percent chance I'm gonna hit? He's right in fucking front of you. It's like, oh no, there's a minimum range that you're definitely like, you're definitely within. I was like, oh my yep. bad. So no, I learned so much shit from that, and then like, it's it, everything you do. It's like, you, and I would say in, in like in the game, 
the the terrain in the game is probably like finding any board out there that's going to have that level terrain on the actual like video game. The video game terrain is insane. Like you have hills, you have line of sight blocking trees. Oh, bro, like, I got you. Don't. Worry. <laughs> yeah, I it's fucking a, got you. It's a it, it's pretty bonkers, man. But like. I feel like it's if you learn on the actual BattleTech because it's so fast paced because it's like the you're basically getting practice games in before you play the real BattleTech on the table. Yep. You get all of your like shit out of the way. The only thing I don't like about the game is the fucking like it's everything's based on tonnage, but it's you're you're maxed out at 4 mechs. You can only have 4 mechs at a time. Play. A lance. Yeah. It sucks, dick. So you can't have, like, extra... I understand you can only play with four mechs, but you can own more than four, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can okay. have, like... I, I've got 16 in my bay right now, but it's, like... The yeah. only drop ship that you're allowed to have in the game is a leopard. That's why. Yeah. Yep. And it's attached to You need to upgrade that motherfucker where you can take a union into battle so you can have <laughs> fucking 12 mechs and two aerospace fighters. Yeah, so you, you have this, like, little fat Argo that's, like, flying around, and you can see the leopard attached to the side of the Argo. Yep. And it's a... I don't know. That's the only thing I don't like, is I want to field, like... I want to basically field my Battletech... Uh, my Battletech, like, list in my head. I want to field that. I want to field, like, a bunch of Fire Moth. I want a bunch of, like, a bunch of Locusts. Well, that's clan shit, so you're playing yeah. in a timeline that's well before the clans. Yes, I so. am. Yeah. Don't worry, buddy. When we play online, all that minimum range horse shit you were just talking about, not going to be a problem, okay? You, when you bust out the ghost bears. Yeah, clan clan PVCs don't have a minimum range. That's a problem for fucking plebeians, okay? <laughs> oh, <laughs> their LRMs don't even have a minimum range. They can stand at one hex away and just shoot you with an LRM-20 right in the face. No problems. Kill you savagely. Perfect. Yeah, Intersphere ones have a minimum range of six. Clan ones have a minimum range of zero. I don't really know like how uh, like I I understand some of the like the downfalls and some of like the benefits. Like okay, a PPC makes them like unsteady, fucks up their sensors, does a lot of damage. That's PPC that's a thing for the video game. The unsteady. Well, so in the board game. When you take 20 points of damage, you've taken so much damage, you have to make a piloting check. And then for each additional 20 points, it's a plus one to pass it. So just it's just damage, like pure damage. It doesn't matter what does the damage. As far as PPCs, like doing electrical shock that fucks up their sensors, that's a video game thing. That's not uh, uh, game. Well, maybe Battletech should step up its realism <laughs> a little bit. And <laughs> <I'm just Okay>. like, <laughs> No, it's uh, like all of these things are like really cool, but man, I'm like falling in love with these. Uh, she's having a dream. I'm uh, I'm falling in love with these like uh, auto cannons, like these AC20s and AC10s. Oh my god! Like I'm just L the it. LBX10 is one of my favorite weapons in all of BattleTech. Like it's 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 arguably the most flexible weapon in the game. It's good at killing VTOLs, it's good at killing infantry, it's good at killing vehicles, and then you can still fire solid shot through it and take chunks of armor out of things, and it has uh, good range. The AC-20 is all of that, except it has shitty range. 
Um, the AC-5 has even more range and does all of that, but it doesn't do very much damage. So I feel like the, the AC-10 or the LBX-10 is probably the king shit of flexibility when it comes to weapons. Yeah, I just loaded one of those up on a Shadowhawk. <laughs> like, I've just been running that bad boy right now. Yeah. Which we want to do. We're going to do a third intro to Biotech episode that's just about weapons and war gear in the game. And then once you know that, we can also talk about the end of that episode, like different mech, like going back to like when Michael was talking about how you build a list, like once you know how the weapons work, once you know how the war gear works, and we've already talked about movement and things like that, you can look at a mech and see, well, it's got these weapons, it moves at this speed, this is the kind of role that that mech will be good in. And then that, once you know all that knowledge, you can definitely easily build a list. Like you go, well, I want to run this mech, this mech has four PPCs on it, so we know that's like a standoff sniper, so I need something that, in case the enemy closes with me, I'll still be able to deal with them, things like that, so... We'll get an episode out here soon that does what, that. What's crazy is like I kind of feel like uh, I like playing the BattleTech game. I can change a mech like I like I have my lance and I can change a mech up. I can be like, you know what? Let me go and drop these two heat sinks, or let me go and drop these jump jets because I don't think I'm going to use them. And I'm going to go ahead and do this. And like I the, like those little changes I make like that, I can play a game and within five minutes I'll know like, oh fuck, no, that was a bad idea. Like, I need to go and change that up. Like, in real life, it'll be like, let me get a game in next week and I'll try this out. <laughs> and then the week after, you're like, man, that didn't work out. And so, like, I don't like, I can tune the fuck out of my mechs right now on the Battletech game. Well, you can't really do that in the board game. You can, but it's like, it's set up to where you're supposed to just play variants off record sheets. You can do that customization stuff, but like we talked about in the one episode, it's like, you really only can do that in campaigns. And then once you start, like they're more expensive to repair and stuff like that. The closest thing you can do that with is take an Omnimech. Like Scott is running a bunch of Omnimechs in his clan force. And once you buy like a Timberwolf for your army in a campaign, you own every variant for it. Like you, you, you buy the one Timberwolf, but in between games, you can run any variant you want. So like when we, we've already played the first two missions when the third mission comes out, Scott will be able to read the mission and see what type of mission it is, and then pick which Timberwolf variant of like the ten he feels is best for that mission. Where if I'm were me playing Intersphere, if I spent, you know, points and bought a Warhammer, an Intersphere Warhammer, that's what I have for the entire campaign. There's no customizing it. It's just every mission I take, it's just that Warhammer. That sucks, Dick. <laughs> I uh. Suck. Yeah. Man, clans are awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, there are Intersphere Omnimechs. There's yeah. just not as many. Like, there's way more Thanatos. clan Omnimechs. But... Yeah, Thanatos is an Intersphere Omnimech, I think. Maybe. Thanatos. Yeah. Whatever. Thanatos. I don't know what he said. He said, like, a Mexican dish there or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, there there are a bunch of inter- not a bunch, but there are quite a few. Inter- There's enough where you can definitely fill the whole army of Intersphere Omnis if you want to. I gotcha. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Good times. Good times. Tons of tons of everything getting painted. So, what's next? At some point, I want to do these shout out these classes and do. 
uh, and shout out Heresy Camp and give an update, but we can do that near the end if you want. Do we got some other shit to do? Uh, so we do have an email. Uh, okay. This comes from... Let's see what we got here. This comes from Jeffrey McCann. He says, Hi, Michael. I've been listening to RFI for a while now, trying to listen to all the episodes in chronological order. At episode 65 right now, having a blast. And I was curious if you guys still do list reviews. I had to listen to the episode after Forge World released their pricing increase, and as I understood, you guys are trying to distance yourself from being a heresy-only podcast to a more general miniatures podcast. If you guys are still up in the list, I am in dire need of advice for Adepticon. Cheers from the Great White North, Jeffrey. Uh, what kind of list is it? You didn't say? I think I already helped him online. Let me see. So either way, I guess the uh, just the questions in general. It's like yeah, I helped him it. online. He messaged me on Messenger, and I helped him. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess we kind of do. It's not something. I'll be honest with you. I've kind of lost the passion for that. Like we we had that talk on here before. There's only so many fucking um, space wolf drop salt list a man can do before he just doesn't <laughs> want to do anymore. And when it's not something you're playing every week and you've kind of given up on the idea of Forge World ever making the changes it needs to make for the betterment of the game, and you're just kind of stuck in this fucking weird loop of things and people want to look to you to solve problems, and it's like, I don't know how many like two-hour-long discussions of like, well, what would you do to fix destroyers? And then you have this big, long talk, and it's like, where did we go? We've just wasted two hours of everyone's time because none of us have the power to actually officially change that. So unless you're going to play, like set up and play like uh, the mournable rules like Tom's doing, which is fine, you can do that, but you know, you're going to have to get everybody on board with doing that. There's really nothing you can do. So I feel like I've written so many lists and we put so much content out there. It's out there. You just have to listen. Like me telling you, me coming up with the 43rd incarnation of a fucking coils of the Hydra list is unnecessary in my opinion. Like I've already done that. It's out there. It's not changed. It's not going to change. It is what it is. Fucking destroyers suck. Uh, the only infantry worth a fuck are vets and terminators in the normal list. I mean, I, I can't change these things. So just draw your conclusions from there. <laughs> if you guys want a dust list, feel free to hit me up though. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's still other podcasts doing 30k lists, but I mean, it's like, I just don't, I don't find it necessary at this point. I just really don't. We did it to start to help new players and we went on for years and years and it just seemed like we were rehashing the same shit over and over and over and over again. And I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. Still don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. Yeah. So yeah, that was the only email we had. Scott has a story. Oh, uh, well, it, so first off, I forgot to tell you guys that I'm doing a fucking police ride along in Louisville on Saturday night. So I'm scruff McGruff up and take a bite out of crime. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know why I thought about this. It's stupid. But Hang on, Scott. Stuff. Hang on, Scott. Okay. Tell me you'll at least do this. You'll dress up in a bondage gimp suit. And he'll put a leash on you and get a canine car and just pretend that you're his dog for the night, but not let anyone else on the joke and like literally call you out and you search people's car for drugs and like places. 
Yeah, pee places. Just totally act like a dog and don't let on that you're anything other than a dog. Derek, put them fucking chips down until the episode ends. That's really loud. So uh, okay, I can you. actually uh, mute my microphone. Okay. That's so, but it's really loud on this end. I, I did not realize that. I thought, you know, two to three <laughs> feet was going to be far enough. It was not. I'm sorry. We have been recording for an hour and 45 minutes and you've ate the entire time. You're okay. You'll live. You're not starving, <laughs> sir. Wait another half hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, Scott, um, go ahead. I don't know why I thought about this, but it, it was when I was on my way home from your, your uh, house the other night. And I don't know, it was like the second or third time I've ever... I had ever been to your house. I was really sick that week and I'd been sneezing and throwing up and all this shit. Well, I always stop at that Thornton's gas station off of the exit and I was wearing like blue shorts, right? And it's dead of summer. It's hot as fuck. And I, I walk into this gas station and I'm taking a piss at the urinal and I feel a sneeze coming on, and I was like, oh, God. And I sneezed while peeing and shit my pants. <laughs> and I had to, like, I had to, like, break into the fucking napkin holder thing and take hand soap and, like, wash. I, I have no fucking underwear on either. So I'm literally Porky Pig style in this public restroom. <laughs> trying to clean my fucking pants out and i'm like this isn't gonna fly like what the fuck am i supposed to do <laughs> and I, so i like i like i went out into the gas station and i bought uh one of those car air freshener things and i wiped my like wiped it on my ass and all over my <laughs> pants and I waddle over to the fucking tommy hilfiger outlet store and i walk in i fi- i walk I walk in the door three feet. There are shorts there in front of me. I don't look at them. I don't care. I'm like, I need these. And I just hand them to the lady. She was like, oh, okay, are you sure? Would you like to try them? I was like, no, bitch, I need these. <laughs> and, uh, so, did you step in dog shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm bored. Just, just bring the fucking pants up. <laughs> I go back to the gas station, throw away the old shitty shorts, and put those on, and carry on with my day. But I don't know why I think about that every time I pass that gas station. I was like, "Well, I know why." Well, yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, "I remember." Remember, kids, if you're ever taking a piss and you feel a sneeze coming on, hold it. Hold it. Don't just let it out. It's not safe. Yeah. You'll blow a jellyfish out your ass <laughs> into your farts. <laughs> I, uh, I learned my lesson about trying to eat on the podcast. Thanks, God. Sorry. <laughs> I'm over here joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what. So it's something wrong with your mic. It's not. It's not you. That. Thing, yeah, it's fine. Like nor you would I be think fine. I heard your heart really loud. through that fucking mic. I don't know why. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. And it know. and it's normal. Like he'll be at a normal level, and then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, like I said, it just like out. amps up where you can literally hear like his t-shirt material just basically moving across it's his skin. Really it's so weird, loud. Like, Jesus God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. My dad told me one time he was uh, uh 
This is fucking fun. <laughs> my, my dad woke up in the morning, and he's, like, going to the kitchen, and he said he had to fart. And so he's just wearing, like, workout shorts, like, no drawers, no nothing. And he goes, okay. So he pulls his shorts, like, open, because it's, like, he's in his house. Nobody else is awake. And he just goes to fart, and he goes, and a little, he goes, and a little piece of poop just went, whoop. It just, like, came out of his shorts onto the ground. He goes, oh, Aww. shit. <laughs> Did he just, like, kick it under the fridge? Like, nobody saw that? <laughs> he said, he's, like, He's like, I think he like called me that same day to tell me because he thought it was so fucking funny. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, he's like, you never guess what happened. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. But anyway, okay, good story, Scott. I'm sorry to hear about you. <laughs> yeah, Por- porky pig in it, man. Got it, dude. He's- there's no way anyone would have walked into that bathroom at that moment and thought I was doing anything <laughs> other than turning fucking tricks in that bathroom. <laughs> was Did the door lock in the bathroom? No, fuck no. <laughs> I thought about putting the trash can in front of it, but it was just a little plastic trash can. I was like, I just got to be quick. I don't know what to fucking say. Like, sorry. <laughs> fuck, myself. I have to deal with this situation. Like... <laughs> What did they Come tell you the later. second time you went back? Like, <laughs> did they, did they, were they like, hey, is you again? Did you leave something? What's wrong? Oh, I left something. Sorry, I shit wow. myself. I have to deal with this situation. And now uh, that you're here, you do too. Yeah. Like, I always wonder who shits themselves and leaves their shorts. And here we are. Yeah. Like, there here it go. is. Shit happens, Happen. man. Yeah. That, uh, that. That poor attendant who had to throw away your shitty shorts. Uh, I put them in the trash can. I didn't just like leave them on the floor, but I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen somebody just just drape it on the handle. Just dra- <laughs> just loses it and just fucking slams it against the wall. When I worked at Best Buy, that was real. <laughs> <laughs> like they they yellow shit their like underwear. And then, like, oh, God, decided dude. to just, like, use it as, like, spackle to, like, stick those onto the wall and, like, left. And it was like, why did you do that? How That's nice of them. Yeah, like, fucking real cool, man. What, <laughs> what state of mind do you have to be where you're like, oh, damn it, I shit my pants. Tenth grade. Let me go ahead and just, this is gross. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> People are weird. Can confirm. All right. So anyway, you want to talk about Wargamer Camp? Yeah, so Wargamer Camp update, we have, I believe, 23 uh, tickets sold now. Almost so, there. Almost there. We need another, what, 12, and we hit the 35 minimum, and then it's it's on like Donkey Kong, and we just have to make it till May 12th, you know, and sustain those numbers or gain on them, and the camp will happen. And if you're curious about the uh, information on this camp, just go to wargamercamp.com. That's now set up. Yep. As of this morning. Or Wargamer Camp Facebook page. Wargames Camp Facebook page. Either one. Um, The other thing I have is... The classes that are coming up at the Battle Barn, 
the the details here. So uh John Stanford will be here doing the 3D printing in March. Uh we pretty much got the dates locked in. It's going to be 9th and 10th, we think. So uh tickets aren't for sale on that yet. It's just basically putting a bug in your guys' ear if you're interested in 3D printing. It's going to be a two-day, it's just Saturday and Sunday, so it's a weekend class. It'll be 50 bucks, which I feel is pretty cheap. And John is working on a syllabus for the class right now, and it looks like it's going to be March 9th and 10th. So it'll be a really fun class. You'll get to come out to the Battle Barn. We'll play games and shit at night and hang out. John's a fun guy to be around. And uh, he said if we have extra time, he'll show us lots of other cool hobby Go shit. Go fucking turn off your goddamn CPAP machine, though, so don't... don't Yeah, kill you in your sleep. <laughs> yeah, fuck, kill your ass. <laughs> uh, so the next class after that would be uh, Henry Steele from Cold of Paint is coming uh, in from England. He's going to be here April 19th through the 21st, so that's going to be a three-day class, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it's like an army painting class, so it's basically like the class we had at Heresy Camp uh, last year, or this year still, but la- you know, the Heresy Camp that we just had, where he taught. Um, it's going to be a three-day version of that. You're going to learn how to paint tanks and infantry, which is pretty baller. Um, and it's it's t- you basically buy the ticket just through his website. So go to uh, Cold of Paint uh, website. You just t- Google Cold of Paint and find it. What's up? What are you giggling Nothing. at? <laughs> you said Cold of Paint website. <laughs> I I get what you're saying. Yeah. Let me see what the exact URL is. I think it is coldofpaint.com. Yeah. I couldn't remember what the. Yeah. I just remember just Google Cold of Paint. It'll pop up. Yeah, it's coldofpaint.com. Yeah. So. Uh, it's 200 uh, British pounds, which right now that's roughly 250 American dollars. The other day it was only 200 American dollars if you would have jumped on it when the fucking Brexit shit was going haywire over there. So it kind of fluctuates daily. So, you know, you're kind of gambling on the exchange rate. So just kind of find a day when the exchange rate's cheap and buy them tickets. So Henry's going to get paid the same anyway, because regardless of what other companies like to tell you, 200 British pounds is 200 British pounds to a British person at all times. Just saying. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, um, yeah. So anyway, get tickets for that. If you're coming in from out of town and you don't mind sleeping on an air mattress, my basement is going to be fully cleaned out because we're going to have everything in the game barn. So I'll have room. I mean, pretty much every attendee for the class, if they wanted to sleep in my basement, good. It, you're going to be like straight up, uh, what's Tim and Michael call it, Velotaris style, like 10 air mattresses laying side by side, all spooning each other. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's a thing. And if you want to stay at a hotel, there's three hotels really close. Just hit me up for information on that. They're, they're good hotels, but they're not super expensive. They're like 75 bucks a night. There's like a Holiday Inn, a Best Western and a La Quinta Inn, I believe. But uh, that class, like I said, is April 19th through 21st. It's a great, great class. It's the one that I flew all the way to England to take, basically. So uh, you're getting a fucking steal at you know roughly $250 US and being able to travel travel domestically to take the class. And uh, let's make it, let's sell all this out and make it worth Henry's time. That same class is being run in Texas. Do you want to talk about that, Michael, before I move on? Yeah, for sure. So... This same class that Ryan's talking about is going to be going on at Atomic Hobby Shop in Cypress, Texas. Uh, that's April 26th to the 28th. 
Uh, Atomic Hobby Shop, that's the FNP guys shop, the uh, Feel No Pain guys on YouTube. Uh, they seem to already be ramping up for the class pretty hard, so it seems like there's going to be a good show out there. Uh, the good thing about Atomic Hobby Shop is actually in Cyprus, which is, it's still like Houston Major. Uh, it's probably about a 15-minute drive from the airport or a 15-minute Uber. It's nothing from the airport. So, like, if you guys are uh, if you guys are thinking about taking this class or you've been wanting to take one of these MKA classes and you are not in, like, I guess, like, you're not in Texas and you want to fly in for it, you can fly in the Houston bush, get in an Uber, and it's, like, it, like it takes, like, an $8, you know, $10 Uber to get to Atomic Hobbies. And it's where it's going to be that three day course, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the area it's in is real fucking nice. And like definitely plenty of things to eat, plenty of hotels, everything you want is going to be there. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely for, for all of you listeners who are like all over the United States and been wanting to take an airbrushing class. I would say you would not go wrong with, with taking this class. Yeah. If Texas. you live closer to Texas or it's easier to travel to Texas, go to that one. If it's if you're closer to Indiana or it's easier to travel to Indiana or cheaper, come to the Indiana one. It's the same class. He's he's doing the Indiana one first, then he's leaving here and going to Texas to teach the class. So he's basically just doing a tour of the U.S. essentially. So if you're coming, Michael brought up the airport information. I wasn't smart enough to do that. Uh, the Indianapolis airport is 30 minutes uh, from my house where the class is at, at the game barn. So it's not very far. Same thing, you could get an Uber or just uh, you can make arrangements with me and I'll just come pick you up, pick you up from the airport. So, no big deal. Yeah, I'm actually looking right now because I know I don't think Spirit flies out of Bush, but I think Frontier does. Yeah, Frontier flies out of Bush. So you know <laughs> that'll well, that that'll get you that'll get you like a fifty dollar flight into into Houston. So, oh, okay, cool. And then I think, uh, I think Spirit here pretty soon is going to be going to Indy. Hopefully that happens before April. If dude, if Spirit starts going to starts going to Indiana, it's going to be Indianapolis. It's going to be fucking wild. I cannot wait to spend all my monies. So the the next class that I have is Matt Kane, who came last year and taught a class. We talked about it extensively on here and actually had him on the show. He's coming back to Indiana, this time to the Game Barn, uh, to teach a class. His class is going to be another one of those five-day-long classes that there's a break in the middle, so it's two days, one day off, two days. And it's going to be May 22nd through May 26th. Uh, and this is going to be... It's like an, a more advanced painting course. You're going to be painting a 54-millimeter character which is essentially a primark so uh the class was originally intended where you painted a primark but you can bring any he said you could bring any 54 millimeter miniature that's as detailed as a primark so if you want to go get something from a different game system just keep that in mind um and he said uh what did he say here day one we'll focus on color how to use color uh, to force a focal point in certain areas of a model. Day two will be flesh and faces. Day three will be cloaks, embroidery, and leather. And day four will be weapons, power armor, and metallics. Uh, everything will be uh, 
working toward smooth transitions, using your brush to create amazing finishes. Uh, they will cover light sourcing, metallics, uh, transfers on extremely difficult surfaces, and everything will work towards refining your uh, like fully high level, like display level miniature painting skills. So the idea is when you leave the class, you'll have like a 54 millimeter miniature that would be like you know, on its way to being competition level, like something you could put in a display case. That's fucking awesome. I'm just so, go enter that in a golden demon. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is, so the course that Matt taught last year, you almost, I would, Matt, cause I told Matt, I'm like, do you need this other course as a prerequisite? Cause he used to, when he did MKA, they would not even allow you to take this class without first taking the tanks and infantry course. Um, now that they don't, he doesn't do MK anymore. He's like, well, you can teach the class. You're just going to, if you want to come to this class, you're just going to have to understand. We're not going to go back just for you because you didn't take the class the first time. So you need to do research before or be comfortable with your skills before you come or reach out for help beforehand. And we can try to help you as much as we can online to get you up to speed. That being said, Henry's coming the month before. So this is an opportunity where you could take both classes and kind of get if you if you missed out on the heresy camp course or you missed out on uh, Matt's class last year, you can you could we I arranged it time wise where you could jump in, get Henry's course to get a lot of that knowledge and then take Matt's course a month later and be all up to speed. That's perfect. So just keep that in mind. Oh, uh, price. I didn't. Uh, Matt's class is, I think, 400 bucks. Yeah, it's 400 bucks. Uh, just get with me on payment. That's essentially $100 a day because, like I said, you're getting, uh, you know, f four days of class and then the fifth day is a free day. On the free day, you can do whatever you want. We're going to have, it'll be in the game barn, so there'll be 24-hour gaming that day if you want to just hang out and game. Uh, we'll all go out to eat together, stuff like that, or you can go just do Indiana shit, like go to a park go do whatever you want to do. Or if you're local, you know, you could go back to work that day and not have to take that day off work or go spend time with your family, whatever you want to do. But that, that middle day is going to Drugs be a break. Drugs doesn't day. matter. Drugs, snort some lines of cocaine, yep. paint all night. I can bring uh, you to Louisville. We can do some drugs. It'll be great. Yeah. Be, end up on live PD. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I believe that is a Friday. So they offer Yeah. The middle day is a Friday. So you can straight up be on live PD. Um, so, yeah, those are the three classes I have lined up so far. And then um, there's going to be a 40K, a big 40K GT held in the game barn. I forget what the date is on that. Let me shout that out, too, for Chris Duncan. While you're looking for that, man, we are talking about sometime in February hosting a, a dust Radio Free Sferigrad Nationals uh, in the game barn. Uh, we've got pretty much some of the most competitive players inside of our Discord like chat that we have going on. And so a lot of the big namers in America are going to be going to this Nationals once we host it. And so if you've been interested in Dust and you just want to put a list together that you think will be fun to play... I don't think it's going to be like ridiculous admission or anything like that. And I think it's just going to be mostly for fun, but we're going to try and like just host a big event as big of an event as possible in Ryan's game barn. 
And if Spirit Airlines is up and running by then, it'll like cost you nothing to fly to Ryan's house. Yep. We can all hang out. We'll fucking get everybody tenderloins. It'll be a fucking blast. I'll show you guys a good time like you've never seen. Um, So this event that's going to be here is called the Circle City GT. Um, It's 40K stuff, so I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Uh, Just good on Facebook and look up Circle City GT. It's May 4th and 5th in 2019. Uh, Chris is the guy, Chris Duncan, who's been on this podcast a few times, is the dude running the show. I'm clicking the link and see if it says anything in a language in which I can understand. Uh, it's a 2000 point event. It's ITC championship missions. It's $25 per player. And there's a maximum field of 52 players that would pack out my game barn. Uh, so there's some more details on here with a bunch of shit. I don't understand. Uh, he's given, it looks like he's given away a lot of awards. Uh, and there are already 11 people going and 32 people interested. So, uh, most of his events sell out pretty quick. So, uh, if you're into 40 K and you're close to Indiana or want to come to Indiana and play in the barn and play 40 K on actual fucking mega legit terrain for once, uh, you can do that. Wiggity wiggity. <laughs> yeah. Rock and roll boys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the little shout out things that I got. Well, that's going to be it for this episode, I guess. Yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, this whole recording over Skype thing worked and we didn't just waste Two and a half hours? Uh, two hours and five minutes. Two hours and six minutes. One second, two second, three second. I'm watching it count. So not too bad. We'll find out. We'll appreciate Jared, you guys. I love you, buddy. I'm sorry I snapped at you over chips, but it got really loud. No, it went I, from I, zero to 100 there. I apologize. I, I tried to take the appropriate steps, but I realized that it was just blowing the fuck out of your ears with the sound of like... Yeah, it was loud. Yeah. No, I understand that shit's infuriating. Yeah, it wasn't you. Like, I mean, just a little bit of like casual chewing is no big deal. I've ate on the show before, too, but it was literally like. I And the problem is, I don't know. You can't look. Let me show you what I'm looking at. For a second there, I can hear your blood pressure, dude. I can't see you. See how you're cut off. You have to lean over. So I don't know what you're doing over there. I didn't know if you were like literally crinkling the bag and the microphone on purpose. I don't know why you would be, but I was like, what the fuck is he doing over there? And I didn't know. So I just lashed out. I'm just stirring up a bowl of gravel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had to, I had to mix this gravel before the show and I forgot. And so I got a whole, a whole batch of checks. He's that thing. He's the thing from never ending story that rides the big stone bike and just eats stones. <laughs> a steric. Yeah. You know me. Ah. <laughs> uh. I got shout a out your, shout out your other podcast, Michael. You got another podcast. Uh, Radio Freeze Fairground. If you don't know, you know. <laughs> if, if you're playing Dust, you know about us. If you don't, yeah, know, pretty you much. Know. There's no, there's no other like. If you play Dust, which is not a lot of people, you you know about Radio Freeze Fairground. I'm not. There's no doubt in my mind. And then we got the we got the corners on the Dust List review, and it even asked you if you heard about the podcast. So kind of works out. Does awesome. We have a good time. Uh, I got freezer packs in the fridge right now from uh, Freshly and a big old styrofoam container inside of a box. It just needs to get taped up. Like I got the freezer packs in the freezer already. They're frozen. And I got to pick up five dozen tamales for you tomorrow. 
and then I'm just going to take them. I'm going to take them out of their bags and put them in the freezer because they're not going to be frozen when I get them. And then they're going to go probably, I guess, like Wednesday. I'll pack it all up. I'm going to mail you some tamales, Ryan, because he's never had tamales. I'm going to mail you three pork, like normal pork tamales, and two pork and cream cheese, because I think you'll actually like the pork and cream cheese. But I don't know, because some people just don't like cream cheese. So I didn't realize. That okay, I'll try. I'll try anything. You ever had pork and cream cheese? I'm not a cream cheese kind of guy. My wife is pretty pumped. She's more pumped than me, because I guess she's had them before. So they're good. They're Fantastic. Real good. My favorite part of this time of year. <laughs> I uh I feel real shitty because I'm gonna send you tamales, and it's gonna be something you know exists. And, and I can't like, get them. And like, yeah, it's like it's. That's why I'm sending you five dozen. I assume five dozen will be enough to last you. Five dozen? Fuck! I thought you said five. Like <laughs> you said five and two. Like holy shit, that's a lot. Oh, five, All right, that would be. Yeah. Cool. That's not enough. Derek ate six yesterday, and I feel like he was just like. Fuck! He ate mad six. We were recording was... the show. I watched him do it. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, dude! You made me laugh. <laughs> I fucking up. dropped this. Bro. I just rolled up a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and close out. I'm ready to send you some tamales. So, all right, later. Five dozen. It looks like there's missing two. 